Welcome to Growing Your Financial Advisory Practice podcast by Stan Projections, episode 20. I'm your host, Pavel Berminski, and my goal is to interview experts to provide you with insights, strategies, and actionable tactics that you can start applying to grow your financial advisory practice today. For more information, head over to snapprojections.com slash podcast. Now, let's introduce today's future guest. Today's guest is David Dick. David is Certified Financial Planner and Chartered Investment Manager. He's a financial advisor, portfolio manager, and head of client services at Worldbar, a leading Canadian robo-advisor. David has started his career in financial services with CIBC, where he had held a number of positions. He eventually became an advisor and won an Unsung Hero Award for his work helping clients and colleagues improve. Now, as head of client services at Wealthbar, he has an opportunity to reach more clients across the country and help develop technologies to transform the financial services industry. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Pavel. Happy to be here. David, I'm really excited to speak with you today. So, you know, let's let's get started. Let's start right away. So, tell me a little bit more about your firm. And of course, a lot of people may already know and be familiar with Wealthbar. But what do you do at Wealthbar yourself, and and who do you serve? Absolutely. So, Wealthbar is a leading online portfolio manager. We provide investment portfolios at a low cost to Canadians all across the country, and in fact, Canadians abroad as well. Uh, So the main part of what we do here is to ensure people are getting a low-cost, well-diversified investment solution and have access to financial planning professionals to help them through every stage of their life to make the right choices along the way. Perfect. So I want to go back to your background a little bit. So what's made you join Wellbar? Because I think you're, you're, you joined early on. And, and can you go with, can you go take us back to the moment when you're thinking, okay, well, I'd like to work with this company. I'd like to be part of this company. What made you join Wellbar? Right. Yeah. So going back now about uh, four years, I guess it was, I was still working as an advisor at the bank and I really enjoyed working with people and you know, building relationships with clients, seeing them through the different life stages. But you know, I was working with a group of, of people in a community, in, in a small community. And I was really interested in working with more people with more diverse uh, circumstances and just being able to help more people improve their financial picture. Also, I was seeing from the inside, in the belly of the beast, as it were, <laughs> you know, the sort of shifting landscape uh, within the traditional financial industry. So there's a greater focus on selling more products and less of a focus on uh, serving clients and helping clients achieve their goals. So I wanted to be somewhere where I felt like my philosophy was really aligned with the companies. And so I was exploring different options. I actually reached out to, uh, to our, our co-founder, Taya, on LinkedIn originally, uh, just to have a coffee and chat about the industry. So I could you know, get a lay of the land and help figure out what I wanted to do uh, next. And you know, the, the result of that coffee chat uh, became an ongoing conversation. And as Wealthbar was in its infancy and growing, uh, you know, eventually they needed a certified financial planner to help their clients. And it was a natural fit uh, for us. So it really started from me looking for better ways to serve clients and Wealthbar is a has been an excellent avenue to do that. And now we get to work with with people all over Canada and as head abroad as well to make better choices with their money. Perfect. So you mentioned initially that uh, you have a lot of focus on planning uh, at at Wealthbar, and that's really unique, right? Because I think you're probably the only uh, portfolio manager, online portfolio manager, or robot advisor, as they're called in here in Canada. Uh, and globally offering planning. So why is that? Why do you think, uh, and or why why planning was was really important focus for Wellbar? Yeah. So 
it, it helps clients achieve a better successful uh, result if they are working with an advisor. So first of all, it's just better for people to work with an advisor when it comes to their personal finances. There's been studies that show this. You know, People accumulate more net worth over time when they work with a professional. But more so, we feel that people have a greater need for the personal connection uh, to establish trust when it comes to their money. And when you're looking at putting your life savings into an internet company, you want to have real people that you can talk to and trust to look after your money. Uh, I know more and more people are comfortable using online services. People put their things on social media. Uh, they're not shy of you know posting their lunch and their dinner. But when it comes to their money, they're still a bit of apprehension about putting you know, everything they need to manage their money on the internet. So having advisors there to help through that process, provide some level of uh, relationship and a connection helps to build that trust. Uh, and, and also, it just helps us do the right things for our clients. We're not just having people go through a questionnaire and, and pick a portfolio and never hear from an advisor. They actually have access to professional advisors to help them with that decision and help them manage their portfolio and their financial plan over time. Perfect. You mentioned earlier trust in online company, right? So, so I want to get back to it and just kind of look at your process a little bit. Uh, and of course, it's changing, right? But let's let's maybe talk about uh, how do you actually merge investment management and planning, right? Because in a lot of cases, uh, the industry, of course, is you know, it's it's uh, uh, there. There's so many diverse options, right? There's planning is outsourced sometimes. Planning here's your you know, document, but uh, you know sometimes. Uh, uh, Great advisors will actually lead with planning, so uh, and that's that's kind of the, the starting point for for them. Some of them actually kind of make this part of the ongoing uh, process of working with clients. But so, how do you merge the online aspect of of investment management with uh, with financial planning? And let's maybe just start diving into your in your process, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit how it works on your end. Yeah. So when a client comes to Wealth Bar, they have basically two ways they they can begin that relationship. They can sign up and apply to open accounts and receive recommendations for an investment portfolio. They'll get a diversified portfolio suitable to their personal situation. And they get the investment management piece of the plan taken care of up front. Other folks want to have a more robust conversation with an advisor before they set up accounts and invest money. So we also offer financial planning sessions online through phone calls and interactive screen shares uh, using tools on our own website as well as the Snap Projections tool to help them understand their financial picture a little bit more before they invest. So it really depends on the on the client and on the investor. You know, some people prefer to start by getting their money invested the right way as soon as possible and some prefer to kind of get the broad 30,000 foot view and see the whole plan before they start investing the money. And we work either way. Uh, so it just depends on what's right for the individual. Excellent. So Tell me a little bit more about that. I want to focus a little bit more. So do you see any patterns that, for example, people who are maybe a little bit older, they want to start with, with a conversation, whether, for example, younger clients just focus on investment or, or there isn't a pattern like this, or maybe there's some other patterns. Have you noticed anything interesting? What, what's interesting, I, I wouldn't say it's a pattern of young and old having sort of distinct behavior patterns. It's more about their personality. So you can have people who uh, like to understand all the parts of the whole before they take that first step. They like to really have a comprehensive understanding. And that could be someone who's young, it can be someone who's old and anything in between. And then there's others who feel they know enough 
uh, about what they need to do. They just want to make sure their money is managed at a low cost in a diversified portfolio. And they don't need to necessarily know all the, the intricacies of the whole plan for the rest of their life in order to take that first step. So it's more about the person's own thought process and what they're comfortable with, uh, less so than the age. Because we see clients at all ages behaving uh, each way. This is super interesting. Okay. Uh, and you actually make it really easy because they can start whatever way they, uh, it, it feels natural to them, right? Yeah. And what's, I find what's really rewarding for us is uh, you know, we offer these financial planning services to people who aren't even clients yet. And it's one of the easiest ways for any Canadian to get access to an advisor without paying a cent and without having to go to the, you know, the trouble of physically going into a bank branch or credit union branch where, you know, they might be worried about getting sold other things while they're in. So we can provide that, that really low pressure, uh, friendly environment to do an introductory financial plan for anybody who's interested, whether they become a client or not. Perfect. So let's continue with this process. So what happens next? Basically, we, they picked option either one or two. And what, what happens next in the process? Right. So let's start with the option where someone signs up online and begins investing in one or more of our portfolios for their accounts. Uh, so once they've done that, we proactively contact them on a regular basis to stress the value of financial planning. Uh, they have access to a, a financial planning tool right through their WealthBar dashboard that they can use and kind of self-serve. So if they want to you know, start exploring that a little bit on their own before they have a conversation with someone, they have some resources to do that. But through the regular follow-up of uh, emails and messages, we highlight the benefit of working with an advisor. We highlight the, the value of uh, doing a financial plan and encourage them to have that first financial plan review with us. So that's the sort of the path that uh, someone coming in on the investment side would follow. Uh, for someone who's starting with the plan, they're obviously building a much deeper connection and relationship right away with the advisor. So uh, that advisor would proactively follow up with that uh, client after the plan has been put together. So we can talk about how to implement the investment portfolio uh, portion of their plan because no plan is complete without a recommendation for how their money should be invested to achieve their goals. So once we've done that, you know, the next step is just following through and executing that plan uh, using our service. Perfect. Excellent. So this is really good. So well, you said you're proactively reaching out to people uh, and you're trying to highlight the value of financial planning or highlight the value of working with an advisor. So what has worked in your experience? Like what works really well for people to actually understand the, the value of financial plan? I think persistent communication, right? You don't want to be a nuisance. You don't want to be you know, a pain in their rear end, but you also want to provide people with a lot of opportunities for touch points because people have busy lives day to day. Like the, thinking about their financial planning is not top of mind for most of their day. Uh, they might be worried about their money and worried about their future, but they're not thinking about their financial plan specifically. So it's just about getting messages to them at a time that they're ready to receive that information and act on it. Uh, so more contact is better than less. And this this kind of goes into a broader topic of how advisors should communicate with their clients in general, uh, which I can touch on in a little bit as well. But you know, I, I think in, in the context of a client who signs up and we're trying to stress the value of planning, uh, we would want to send messages to them within the first few weeks of them signing up stressing the value of the financial plan. We would want to publish articles in our blog explaining some of the basics of personal finance and, and financial planning and then share those with them through a monthly newsletter. 
uh, and continue you know, providing ongoing financial advice. Even if they haven't completed a plan, there's key times a year where you know, it's important for them to understand uh, things that are happening that can impact their plan, whether it's increased TFSA room, RSP contribution deadlines, tax forms that are needed for tax filing, and so on. You know, there's those key points in the year where we can still deliver value and advice, even if they haven't done a full plan review yet. And all those touch points, all those opportunities to add value provide an opportunity for the client to be in the right frame of mind at the right time to engage more deeply in the planning process. Perfect. Yes. I'd like to talk a little bit more about advisors should uh, communicate with clients. And let's maybe leave it for later, though. I, I want to actually be a little bit more specific about what kind of questions do you typically get from clients in, in the financial planning process when they come to you and they want to have this more robust conversation, as you said earlier. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of patterns do you see? What people are asking about? What are the conversation kind of uh, pivot points uh, or if there is anything like that? I'm really curious how it works out on your end. Yeah. So... For some people, uh, unfortunately, they don't really think financial planning is for them. Uh, they think they don't have enough money to save and invest. Uh, maybe they're just starting or they've got some money they haven't been able to put more money in for some time. So they just don't think of financial planning as something that is for them. It's, it's for people. It's for the rich people, right? It's for the people who have a lot of money and it's not for them. So the perception issue. It's a perception issue. Yeah. So you have to stress that you know financial planning is for everybody. Uh, even small changes can make a big impact. Uh, so having that conversation first to overcome the the conception that people have that the planning isn't a fit for them is uh, is is a starting point for many people. For those who understand that planning is important and it's for them, uh, what they're asking, the, the challenges that they have are they don't know what to do. Right? They've got a limited number of resources, whether it's you know, the income that's coming in or the assets they have, and they have a seemingly unlimited number of goals to achieve, you know, whether it's a, a holiday every year to kids' education, their retirement, the next car, a new washer dryer, a new roof, you know, on and on it goes. So it's really about understanding how do they do the best to achieve their goals with the limited resources that they may have available to save each month or or each year. Uh, so that they want to know, what do I do with my money to get the most out of it to make sure all these things actually happen and don't just fall by the wayside? And they don't know how to uh, prioritize and and do the analysis to sort out what should be going where and how should that money be invested. So for most of those folks, it's it's about building a plan that really hones in on what are their top goals, when do those goals need to be achieved, and now what are the strategies they can do to get closer to achieving those uh, from their you know the day-to-day behavior. Perfect. So is there anything uh, in your planning process that, uh, let's say, do you start maybe with, with one scenario and, and then show them maybe a different scenarios later on, depending on, on what kind of choices they have in their plan? How do you, um, yeah, let's, let's maybe focus a little bit more on the de- some of the details, basically. Yeah. Uh, so how do you do that? How, what, what is your process? How do you actually, you, uh, you're getting this done? When you, uh, let's assume you have all the information from the client, you have pretty good understanding, maybe not 100% understanding of their goals, but let's say pretty solid understanding what they want to do right. um, or, they, or they feel they should be doing. And then what, what's, what's next? Right. So this is, this is maybe where we differ a little from uh, some other advisors. And I'm sure there are some advisors that take the same approach, but I've seen all too often uh, at this stage, advisors are putting together the ideal perfect plan, you know, how they can <laughs> fine tune it, optimize everything for taxes and, and efficiency and reduce risk and, and achieve all these goals. And they map out this perfect situation and present it to the client and say, look, if you just do these things, everything's going to be fine. And 
everyone's happy, feels warm and fuzzy. They take it away. They stop worrying about it a little bit. Maybe they do some of the things, maybe they don't, uh, but they kind of, you know, drift off of the attention radar until the next annual review. And then they sit down again and they say, well, here's what we said is the perfect plan, but you didn't really do everything you needed to. So now we're going to make a new perfect plan. And they just repeat this cycle over and over. So it's important to get clients engaged in the process, really, really engaged, like make them feel how important it is so that they are motivated to take action. So what, what I do, what we do at WealthBar uh, is start with an evaluation of where they're at today. And you know, take, take, as you said, all the, the variables, their income, their assets, their savings, their future income, uh, all of that stuff we need to build a robust plan. But then just show them without making any changes or advice what is going to happen if they just keep doing what they're doing today? Perfect. And I'll tell you that that, that conversation for most people is eye-opening because they don't really understand uh, that what they're doing today isn't enough to reach their goals, or maybe they understand it, but it hasn't really hit home. But when they can actually see it and engage with it, and, you know, see it on the screen and say, okay, well, look, th- this is what we're doing. If we keep doing this for another 5, 10, 15, 20 years, here's what we can afford to live on in retirement. They look at that number and it scares them. Or you know, they look at how long it's going to take to have the down payment for the house and it scares them. And that's okay. You, know, you need to have a frank and honest conversation, sometimes difficult conversations, to really help people understand where they're at today. And that will get the buy-in, that will get them engaged and motivated to listen to your advice and take action to make sure that they improve that situation and work towards achieving those goals instead of just keeping the plan on the shelf for another year until you sit down in front of them again. Right. So you actually make it super real for them by showing them the numbers, showing them basically what they, if let's say they keep doing what they're doing right now, that's the outcome, right? You're showing them, uh, showing them and sort of modeling the, the future for them, showing them what, what options they have. Excellent. Okay. And it works in terms of engagement. So, so you said you're showing this on the screen. So there are different options uh, that advisors, of course, prefer depending on the client, depending on, on their preferences, whether it's printing you know, a, a report and showing the client a report or showing uh, like snap projections, for example, for a lot of people when they see the, a lot of numbers. Initially, it's, it may be a little bit overwhelming. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know, they sometimes they get used to it later on because they can sort of play with numbers. But how do you do that? How do you keep it uh, meaningful but digestible for them so they... Uh, when they don't have the training that you've got, of course, as an advisor, they can actually understand it. Right. And that's a very good point. So we want to try and reduce the complexity and make things a bit easier for people to understand and also to engage with this in a, in a way online that uh, feels more real. It's not just someone talking on the phone, giving them some numbers. They can actually see something and interact with something. So we have two different approaches depending on whether the situation is simple or more complex and detailed. So for you know, an individual whose financial picture is not that complicated, you know, they're a salaried employee, they have some savings to RSPs and TFSAs, you know, maybe they're married, maybe they're single, uh, but they, their goals are basically save money for retirement, save money for a rainy day, and uh, just build those habits of saving regularly. And they don't have a lot of other moving parts to the picture. We have a financial planning tool built right into our website 
that's right accessible on people's dashboards. They log in, they see their investments, they also can see their financial plan. And we can make changes on our end that they can then see on their dashboard. So if we're having a phone conversation and I'm talking with, you know, I'm talking with Pavel here on the phone, looking at your personal plan on the dashboard, uh, you're asking me, well, David, I have some extra money each month. I need to put some money away for a trip in five years, big special trip and retirement in 25 years. Where do I put this money? What type of accounts do I use? Well, I can show the accounts on the financial plan. I can show the monthly contributions and I can show the future growth and value uh, to achieve that goal right through the financial plan on the tool. So I can just make a few changes and say, hey, Pavel, just refresh your screen. You'll see what I'm recommending we do here for you. So you see it, you can interact with it, you can change it, you can revisit it. It's always there for you, easily accessible through your dashboard. Right. Uh, so it's a great tool for having those, those I'd say, quick and easy uh, planning conversations where there's not a ton of moving parts to the, to the picture, which certainly is enough for many people, especially folks in the earlier stages of their life where they're just starting out. Then we move to more complex situations. So now I have a call with Pavel next year and Pavel says, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm engaged and we've got a kid on the way and I'm starting my own business. And uh, I don't know how we're going to make all this work, but help. <laughs> yes. Right? So this is where our own financial planning tools on the dashboard may not be detailed enough to really capture your situation properly. And this is where snap projections can really help because we can account for a lot more moving parts. Uh, so obviously, we wouldn't want to have a client go through the process of you know data filling everything and snap projections. So we do all that for them to the point where we're ready to have a conversation and start looking at some different scenarios. Uh, then we set up a video conference call so that we're having a, a chat, not just on the phone, but we can actually share our screens and, and show them what we see. So we can show the snap tool to them while we're on this session. Uh, we can make changes in real time. We can show them the graphs showing the, the simplified projections. So it's not just the table of numbers. They can see it visually and get a better sense of it. Uh, it's also easy for them to identify those kind of those special circumstances when they're seeing us put it in there for them. So we, you know, we've got the sort of base case modeled out and now they're starting to tell us about their plans for one-off expenses or one-off inflows of money. And we're, you know, we're filling this in together while they're looking at the screen. And they'll say, oh, actually, you know what? I think I will need an extra $10,000 in 2025 for X. Or I actually think I might have a little extra income coming in in 2019 for Y. So when they're seeing us make these changes, it brings to mind the other things, the other, the other little pieces of color to their plan that maybe they didn't think of in that initial discovery conversation. So that's one of the benefits of working on it together. And then of course, once we've got all the key variables in there, we can quickly make changes to look at different scenarios and do comparisons. Uh, but most importantly for clients, I think show them the charts, right? Show them the charts. What's going to happen with your income throughout retirement, your tax rate throughout retirement, your asset levels. And uh, those charts really help give them a better understanding of their financial plan. It becomes something that's more real to them. It's not just this nebulous uh, thought or numbers in the cloud. Right. So it's about the planning process. So did you have situations uh, that when people initially wanted to do something, let's say X, and, and then after actually looking, looking at the, the data with, with an advisor, right, by uncovering some maybe other goals and completely changed their mind and they decided, you know what, we're not going to do this, we're going to do something else. Uh, have you encountered situations like this? Yeah. So 
you know, they're both on the positive and the negative side. So we've had clients who are, I call them maybe pre-retirees, you know, say, let's say mid fifties. And they really felt that they were on track to retire in a few years as they, you know, approach 60 and do a bit more traveling and a bit more fun things in the early years of their retirement. And we were looking at their plan and went through this exercise, going through all the detailed pieces that they'll need along the way, uh, including you know, the education for three of their children uh, who are all approaching post-secondary age. Uh, and, you know, quickly realized that they actually can't have the retirement that they want if they retire early. And they need to work a few more years as well as need to get their their kids to chip in for the education by doing you know, some part-time work, taking out some student loans uh, in order to have everyone achieve their goals in a way that makes sense. So that, that's a case where you know, having a closer look at it puts them in, on a better financial picture, but they have to make some tough choices. You know, they have to work a few more years and they have to encourage their kids to maybe take on a bit of student debt or, or do some work that they otherwise uh, were not thinking of recommending to the kids. Uh, so that's one example. And it also works the other way where you know, you have people who are really diligent savers throughout their life and they're always worried about their money, but they've in fact done the right things and are really well off uh, and they just don't realize it. So you show them, okay, if you just keep doing what you're doing, you could retire in, you know, four years, three years, whatever it is, and have the same lifestyle you have today and you're not going to run out of money till the end of this plan it's a bit eye-opening and they say, well, okay, well now maybe I'll retire early and just do some work that I enjoy for fun instead of do this work that I maybe I'm not crazy about, uh, but I'm just doing it because it pays the bills. So it can help those folks who are uh, really conscious savers and have a hard time spending their money to actually improve their quality of life in retirement by getting them to that, uh, to understand that they're ready to retire sooner. Absolutely. And I'm sure those conversations are much more positive than the first ones, but <laughs> the people who are getting the value from the first conversations, actually, it's it's probably more value for them because they can make decisions. They can see the decisions that are, uh, if they're going to make some decisions basically today, what's the impact of, of those decisions next, I don't know, 10, 10, 15, 20 years, right? Yeah. So that's a huge value of modeling this ahead of time. Okay. So I think we're ready to, to come back to something that I wanted to uh, talk earlier as well. So you mentioned that there is a certain model of uh, how advisors should communicate with clients. And you know what? Let's maybe even start earlier with, with building trust. I mean, we mentioned you know, trust, online company. You don't actually meet with people, as I understand it, in person. Uh, you typically meet uh, online. So uh, how do you think this affects trust? Does it, does it, is it helpful for you to actually meet with people online? Do, do you have any issues with, around that? Do you have to um, put some system uh, in place to basically make it effective? So I actually believe, after doing this for, for a few years now, I believe that working online and having phone calls with clients makes it easier to build trust than in person. Interesting. Yeah. And it, I know it sounds a bit contradictory, but I'll tell you why. The people, the advisors that many clients meet in person are really just salespeople. They're not actually advisors. And they're getting sold things. It's making them worried and fearful and unsure about the advice they're receiving. And if they have a good advisor, then they don't have those same concerns. And that's, that's great. But they're hearing about all these bad advisors in the news. There's more media coverage of financial institutions misbehaving, whether it's you know, some of the banks in the US selling products to people that they never signed up for or you know, uh, Canadian banks 
pressuring their tellers to sell credit cards to the people that come to the wickets. There's a lot of news about reasons to mistrust traditional financial institutions. And by having the face-to-face aspect removed, by stepping back and having this be a digital communication online and over the phone, it actually gives the clients on the other end more control over the situation. Right? They're in control of when they reach out to us and message us. They're in control of when they book a phone call or pick up the phone and call us. They're a bit more in control of the relationship. So they feel already uh, a little bit more, I'd say, comfort uh, in the conversation. They're not worried because they know they can just easily hang up or, or stop replying. It's a lot easier to do that than to get up and walk out of someone's office when they've started engaging you in a conversation. Absolutely. So that, that helps set the stage for a really comfortable environment. And then the second piece of it is, uh, you know, the, I think the fact that we don't try to sell them other things. We're here to help them. We're here to give them financial advice and a diversified investment portfolio And yes, we'd love it if you invest in our portfolios because we think we're going to do the right things for you and save you a lot of fees along the way. Um, And we're not biased to any one particular investment product. So we feel that our position allows us to be more unbiased, allows us to come across uh, a bit bit friendlier, a little bit less intimidating, less sales pressure. And it's easier to build trust in that kind of environment. Very, very well. Okay, so now let's go back to the communication. So, um, of course, if you're only meeting with clients on, uh, digitally, then uh, you have to th- kind of rework your communication structure, how you're going to do, be doing this. So, and you said that you have, uh, you have good ideas on, uh, on how this communication should occur. So can you tell us a little bit more about it? Absolutely. So when it comes to communicating with advisors in the modern technology age, you have to be open to using different uh, different ways to communicate uh, beyond just even picking up the phone or sending a simple email. So don't be shy to engage people through social media, uh, whether it's a prospect or a client, if that's how they like to communicate. If you know if someone reaches out to you on, on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn and they happen to be a client and they've reached out to you in that medium, then reply back to them in that medium and engage with them where they want to be engaged. The other piece of this is the regular communication. Right? It's not enough to just have the one-year annual review meeting in person. You've got to have constant uh, repeating communication. So having a monthly newsletter is a great start. Uh, it allows you to share new content from around, uh, from around the web, different news articles, uh, interesting thought pieces that are applicable to them and their situation. So you're, you know, it shows that you're constantly keeping them in mind. You're not forgetting about them. Uh, and you want to make sure that they're getting this value add from your knowledge and experience. By having that monthly newsletter, it also provides an opportunity for them to get back to you about things that might be on their mind. It could be completely unrelated to anything that's in the newsletter. But just because you've sent that message, they now have an opportunity to reply and start a conversation. So just giving them regular communication to reply to is almost as important as the content that's in the message itself. And we see that all the time at WealthBar. We have many clients who reply to our messages to ask a totally unrelated question or get help with some other issue or look at some other other thing they want to talk about. Uh, so these, these touch points provide that opportunity for the conversation to start. Excellent. Yeah. And then throughout the year, there's, you know, different seasonal kind of recurring seasonal uh, things that happen in the financial industry. So you've got the TFSA limit increase 
in January 1st, you've got the RSP contribution deadline, you've got the tax filing deadline and all the myriad tax slips and statements and documents that investors get and don't know how to make sense of. You also have you know, the spring uh, as a busy real estate season for home purchases and mortgages. You have the fall uh, when kids are going back to school and education savings becomes a bit more top of mind. Uh, you've got the financial planning uh, month coming up in November, Financial Literacy Month uh, as well, uh, not to mention just the regular holidays on the calendar. So there's a lot of thematic reasons to communicate with people throughout the year. And if an advisor really wants to stay top of mind and provide good service, they should be connecting with people at each of those stages to add a little bit of value. And the best way to do that is through emails, through messages, through newsletters, and they can stay uh, stay front and center in their clients' minds at those key points in times of year. Very well. Is this part of your our, your platform actually? Is this is this communication uh, coming from one welder from the from the from the platform itself? That basically there's some there's a trigger. For example, there is well, the markets have not been behaving very well over the last couple of weeks, right? So, is there a, an opportunity to maybe send a message based on a certain trigger, or this communication uh, at welder right now is is being provided from a separate um, a separate I guess entity? Yeah, this is actually, it's done internally. It comes from WealthBar and uh, there are different triggers, whether it's just the seasonality of the the time of year for RSP and tax season uh, or the TFSA increase uh, or events that happen like higher market volatility like we've seen this week uh, as an example. So it's a really good example, actually, then glad you brought that up. So the week we're recording this, uh, mid-October, we've seen uh, probably a greater spike in volatility than most investors have seen in the last couple of years. And how we communicate about that with our clients is our uh, chief investment officer, Neville, has a message that pops up when people log in explaining you know, basically why there's been an increase in volatility, not to panic, you know, this is a normal part of a, of a market. You have periods of higher, higher volatility and they just need to stay their course uh, with their investment strategy. Uh, and if they have any concerns, they can right there, contact us immediately. So we're, we're there for them if they want to talk about their portfolio's performance and, and what they're seeing in their accounts. So we do this right through the web app, through the wealthbar.com uh, dashboard. So if someone is logging in, they're looking at their investments, they're concerned about what they're seeing, it, the message is right there waiting for them. Whereas an investor who is perhaps a bit more patient, understands the ups and downs are part of normal market behavior, uh, they're not as likely to log in online. They're not getting this message. Right? It's there for the people that are looking at their account to see what's happening that see it. And the others uh, don't get that message because they're not logging in. And we assume if they're not logging in, that uh, they don't have as much concern about the short-term market movement. So it's providing that what we call just-in-time communication and, and about communicating with, with people at the right time in the right place. And we feel that with market volatility, that's the best way to do it. Because you, you also don't want to scare all of those investors that you work with who are more disciplined and patient and sometimes sending them a message not to panic when they're already calm uh, <laughs> has the opposite effect. So with those market volatility messages, we really do that in the application, in the website. Uh, and I know that's a bit more challenging for a traditional advisor uh, to do, but you know, there's, there's certainly some strategies that uh, you could look at where if you have regular communication, 
people have that outlet to quickly get back to you and start that conversation when they're concerned. And then you can be responsive uh, quickly to those inbound questions that you get, whether it be from email replies or, or in, incoming phone calls. Farewell. So you outlined really good uh, a process of how advisors should be communicating with clients and also how you do this at Wellbar. And of course, I mean, you have the advantage that you actually have the uh, opportunity to see when those clients are logging in, how often they're logging in, right? So you can actually pick those triggers. And you've been doing this for several years right now. So you have a lot of data at your disposal and understanding of an, of, of client uh, behavior. So you can you can do that. So you can start becoming much better. So then you have the opportunity. So that's part of the WellBoard platform, right? So then you have you've streamlined your financial planning process. You've you've perfected this to the point that you have a couple of different options. But I know that you're excited about some projects uh, that are coming up, or uh, maybe they're right, right now in the works right now at WellBoard. And because the big the question is really the WellBoard platform right now has been for consumers, but there is an option, or is there an option for uh, advisors also to work with WellBoard? and be part of this and get the benefit of, of, of your platform and everything that you uh, were able to actually learn over the last couple of years and apply and execute. Yeah, absolutely. So we are really excited to help more people by getting more Canadians in front of financial advisors. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a wealth bar financial advisor. So as you mentioned, we have our direct-to-consumer, direct-to-client approach where a wealth bar advisor is there to help them with all their financial planning needs. But we've also launched uh, recently an advisor platform called PPI Valet, which allows a client to work with their existing advisor, have that advisor benefit from our experience uh, in the digital world, and from our investment management expertise to get a low-cost diversified portfolio for their client's investment uh, portion of their plan and then continue to manage the relationship with the client for everything else. So they're still the primary point of contact for servicing the client's needs, for reviewing their plan, building the relationship. And we provide back-end support, back-office support to give them a diversified portfolio and give them the tools to have these kinds of regular communication and touch points with their clients and communicate with their clients in a, in a more digital-friendly way uh, and benefit from, as I said, uh, our experience in, with how to communicate with clients uh, using online tools. Perfect. So I just want to clarify, is this only for advisors with PPI or is this an option right now available to any advisors to actually work with you? So this option is available for PPI advisors. So any advisor that uses uh, PPI solutions as their MGA and their insurance practice can work with us through this platform. We're excited to expand this to all advisors. And is that's something that will be available in the near future. Right now, we actually have a number of financial advisors that are just independent fee-for-service advisors who aren't interested in managing their client's money. They just want to do the plan uh, and review it with people as needed and charge them only for that. Uh, a number of those advisors have sought us out as a referral partner to refer their clients for fulfilling the investment portfolio recommendations at a low cost uh, without any strings attached. So we also have a referral business coming to WealthBar from fee-for-service planners also. so, uh, But if an advisor is looking to have a platform sort of support their ongoing practice and support them with the communication and support them with the portfolio for their clients and where they continue to manage that relationship using our technology, that's available through the PPI Valet platform right now. Excellent. Okay. And uh, of course, if anybody would like to know a little bit more about that, they can they can contact you. We'll, we'll talk about uh, how to contact you later. So um, another question, and really just kind of to follow up on, on everything which you just said about the platform. And because, I mean, you're 
in the forefront of the industry or building tools of the future, essentially, right? And uh, so how do you see uh, the financial uh, advice industry evolve? Like, what do you see in the next couple of years, maybe next, I don't know, five, I don't know, I don't want you to even think about 10 years, right? Because it's a long, <laughs> long time frame. But uh, over, let's say, the next, I don't know, three, five years, what's the future really for us? So I think the future for investors is more disclosure of the products that they invest in more disclosure about fees, more disclosure about trailing commissions, more disclosure about investment performance compared to other, uh, other portfolios. So there'll be more information for them to digest. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that that will help them make better decisions, but they'll have more information uh, presented to them about how they're doing and how much they're paying for their investments. Uh, but I actually see the next few years as a bit of a negative for most investors because I feel like a lot of people are getting squeezed out of advice. And what I mean by that is you have this shift because of the greater disclosure requirements, which are a good thing, by the way. It's important people know what they're paying for what they're getting. But because of these added disclosure requirements, you've seen banks on on the one hand Uh, kind of lose some of their more experienced uh, advisors. Mm -hmm. And there's overall, I'd say, a more junior level of uh, advisor at a traditional face-to-face bank, credit union type of financial institution. And then on the other hand, and that's because of the disclosure uh, showing investors how much they're paying, fewer investors using those products, and then the bank deciding we need to pay people less in order to make this model still profitable. So you have people that are earning less and in a less experienced, more junior position, providing the advice to the people that come in the door. I know it's a bit of a generalization, but that is the trend. And that trend will continue over the next few years. And then on the the other side of it, uh, with the more full service brokerage firms, you're seeing the brokerage firms move up market. The Basically, the compensation for an investment advisor or a financial advisor at a brokerage firm, uh, they have to work with ever larger clients in order to make the same amount of, of money. So if they want to continue to have a you know, productive career, they need to cut the small clients loose and go after bigger clients. And so you have this, this uh, squeezing out of advice, as I call it, where you know, folks who maybe have uh, in the tens uh, or low hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest mm-hmm. are not able to get really professional advice at the bank because the bank isn't paying people enough to bring the good people in to do that. And they don't have enough money to work with the good people who do that, who work at brokerage firms because those people need to work with bigger clients. And so you have this big swath of people in the middle that just don't have a lot of options to work with an advisor, get professional advice, and do the right things with their money. So I I see that problem getting worse before it gets better over the next few years. So that sounds like a perfect market for a portfolio manager like Wellbar. Right, because <laughs> because you're yeah. using technology, really. I, like I can't uh, not to mention that because because the, you're using technology to scale. You're making this more efficient, and you can help those people who don't have, you know, um, uh, let's say millions of dollars to invest, uh, or who just really want to start investing. And and you can also pro- you are also providing financial planning, which traditionally has been only reserved for high net worth clients, right? Uh, so that's a great opportunity. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we're we're really excited to be able to solve that problem. And uh, you know, we just need more people to more people to understand the the landscape and that there's alternatives out there, right? So as the, uh, more general awareness uh, 
in the population grows about online portfolio managers, online financial advisors, presents a tremendous opportunity for firms like ours who are there to do the right things for people at a very low cost in a very convenient way. Perfect. And now we have an option potentially to work with advisors as well. So uh, before we uh, before we wrap up, David, uh, let's go to the last uh, two questions. So this podcast is all about growing your practice. So if you're going to focus on individual practice for an advisor, would you have any parting words of wisdom for the listeners? Yes. Uh, focus on coaching the client's behavior. The behavior and the relationship that you build with them is the most important thing to help them be successful and help you be successful. It's not about how sophisticated an investment portfolio you can present to a client. It's not about how intricate a financial plan uh, you can present to the client. The greatest risk to any investor achieving their goals is them and their own behavior. So having a better relationship and a focus on getting people to save regularly, make hard choices with their money, stay the course when the market volatility hits and they see a decline in their portfolio... Uh, helping them not panic. That is what is important to grow a strong practice. That's what's required to build strong relationships with clients that last through generations. And you know, if you're just focusing on being the smartest person in the room or having the most detailed plan or the most uh, you know, tax-efficient portfolio, you're, you're missing the point. Right? Those are all things that come after the fact. You have to build the relationship, build the trust so that you can influence the right behavior uh, over time with those clients. Great piece of advice. So David, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, how would they do that? What's the best way to reach you? So you can find me at uh, david.dick at wealthbar.com. It's spelled D-Y-C-K. You can also find me online on LinkedIn uh, through the wealthbar.com website. And uh, my phone number will be uh, available through the uh, summary of the podcast as well if anyone wants to connect. Wonderful. And we'll link it up in the show notes. Uh, David, this was uh, fantastic. So thanks for coming on the show. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Pavel. Really happy to be here. And that's it for this episode. If you have any questions, shoot us an email at podcast at snapprojections.com. And if you're enjoying the show and want more of the amazing guests sharing incredibly valuable knowledge, head over to iTunes and leave us a great review, which helps us get discovered. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. 